Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where a couple of idiots ruin their lives by desecrating an ancient burial ground. Our next Reddit post is from Opsies. Last year, I worked as an engineer for a home builder, and we had to deal with a bunch of 5G anti-vaxxer health nuts moving into one of our neighborhoods. We got constant complaints about the construction, the noise, and the debris, which made no sense because they chose to move into the neighborhood before construction was completed. One man in particular would harass us daily, complaining about the streetlights being too bright, they weren't, and complaining about a generator that we had running about a block away from him to power the site temporarily until we had the infrastructure on. He complained that the generator was damaging his hearing, or that the fumes were coming into his house and causing his kids to have stunted development. He would come up with stuff that made little to no sense. It escalated to the point where he got the city and the mayor involved. And we got sued, so we gave in to his request and moved the generator to another location. And we had to spend a lot of time and money to rewire everything so we could keep working. So, here comes the revenge. We received an order from the city to install a 5G tower on the site to improve cell phone service because the area had pretty bad service. Since my team and I were in charge of creating the plans to install the infrastructure, guess where we all simultaneously agreed to put the tower? Right smack dab in front of this angry man's house. We thought this was incredibly hilarious, and we couldn't stop laughing every time he would call freaking out while the tower was being built. He tried to file another lawsuit, failed, and within a week we never heard from him again. He moved out faster than the wind. If this guy's kids have stunted development, I don't think it's a generator fumes. I think it's just his DNA. Our next Reddit post is from Rekanit. I was in my third and final year at university studying archaeology. Due to a recurring and severe illness in the second semester of my second year, I'd been unable to complete several core subjects, and I had to repeat them. This included an archaeological field school where you could implement the techniques you'd already learned. This class was compulsory for certain majors, but not everyone studying archaeology had to take this class. I had successfully completed the previous year's field school, but due to my illness, I was unable to complete the associated course. So I had to retake both of them again. My lecturer, Matt, was a bloody legend. He was a brilliant lecturer, had authored two books, and is still working in this field, albeit at a different university from the one in the story. He really knew his stuff. He was easygoing, friendly, he would share a beer with you on Friday afternoons, and I only ever saw him angry once. This is important for later. Matt and his counterpart at the sister campus have been granted permission to conduct this year's field school in a gully adjacent to a historic and protected cemetery. This gully actually split the cemetery in two, and it was basically used as a garbage dump. Due to the nature of this gully, there was only one space permitted for a specified number of dig sites. Groups were to be allocated on site once they arrived on the first day, after they had decided on the members. Since I was living on campus and I had no car, I knew that I wouldn't be able to show up on time. I would be at least a half hour late on weekdays, and a full hour late on weekends. I'd spoken to Matt about this, and since we knew each other quite well, he agreed that I wouldn't be penalized for arriving late, but that I'd most likely be allocated to a group to make up numbers rather than choose my own group. It couldn't be helped, so I agreed. Friday rolls around. I arrive at the site a half hour late and I'm introduced to my group. There are four of us in the group. Myself, the only female in the group, but I'm experienced because of my previous year. Greg, an older, grizzled male geology student who was only taking this course because he was interested. 
Bob, a young male geology student who, by all other indications, was headed towards a lucrative career in the mining sector. And David, another young male geology student who was also friends with Bob, also heading towards a lucrative career in the mining sector. All three of my teammates were from the sister campus, so they had to travel quite a ways to get here. They'd already been assigned to Digside, and when Matt introduced us, he told them that I've got field school experience, so to make sure to utilize my knowledge. Bob and David smile and nod, giving me a friendly wave. Greg grunts, but a little while later while surveying the area, we get to chatting. He's a nice enough bloke, but he was just a bit miffed that he had been put in a group with a bunch of, quote, young turds, and he was worried that he'd be carrying us or keeping us in line. Nah, mate, I'm here to get stuff done, get the data I'll need for next semester, and hopefully enjoy myself as much as I had the previous year. Now, let me tell you, archaeology is nothing like what Laura Croft and Indiana Jones make it out to be. A lot of what happens on a dig site is repetitive and monotonous. You survey your area using surveying equipment, sketch and take photos of your site, and then measure out 1 meter by 1 meter dig pits. Then, you take more pictures and sketches, as well as taking an initial soil sample. If you actually hit an object, then you remove the soil from around it, but you don't actually remove the object until you're removing the layer of soil from beneath it. The object must remain in situ to preserve the data. Boring, I know, but this is very important for later. It became very clear very quickly that neither Bob nor David had anticipated how monotonous the next four days were going to be. Both Greg and I had to repeatedly call them over to assist us with surveying. When it came to the soil scraping, they were excited at first, but then became bored as we had to yet again record every minute detail. Since I was the only one who had thought to bring my camera, I was the one responsible for taking photos. This included candid shots of the entire field school, other groups, the lecturers, and our dig site. The first day of the field school ends, and we all head back to wherever for the night to kick back, relax, and prepare for another day of toil. The next morning I show up an hour late, and since I'd already okayed this with Matt, I wasn't anticipating any issues. I get to the cemetery, and when I see Matt, I give him a cheery, Morning Matt, all good, yeah? Matt turns and glowers at me. I mean, if looks could kill, I'd be right at home in that cemetery with all those other dead people. You know how I mentioned earlier how easygoing and laid-back Matt is, and I've only ever seen him angry once? Well, this was that time. Matt was pacing while grinding his teeth and clenching his fists. He was pissed. Just get to your group and get to work, Matt practically snarled at me. I asked, have I done something wrong? I know that I was late, but like I told you before, this is the first bus that I could get out here. I'm really sorry if that's a problem. Matt sighs and shook his head. No, OP, it's not you. You've done nothing wrong. I just can't deal with this problem right now, so just go to your dig site and get on with it. I'll talk to you later. I head to my dig site, and what I find there almost has me in tears. When we packed up the previous day, our pit was a 1 meter by 1 meter square with a depth of 30 centimeters. I was now standing before a 1 meter by 1 meter hole in the ground dug down to the depth of approximately 3 meters. There are mounds of sandy dirt surrounding our pit. And I can see a multitude of objects that have been excavated just sitting there. The other groups were staring at us, but trying to look as though they weren't staring. Nobody will speak to us either. Greg is livid. The dude is almost apoplectic. Bob and David are both looking very pale and like they want to puke. 
I say, what the hell happened here? Who did this? It turns out that after everyone had left the site on Friday, Bob, David, and another mate of theirs in another group, who we'll call Kevin, got together and got on the piss. During this time, they decided to continue digging in our pit, so they broke into the cemetery with a shovel and proceeded to dig down until one of them passed out completely drunk at the bottom. To be clear, he was in the bottom of a 1 meter by 1 meter hole in loose, sandy soil. The fact that this dude managed to wake up and make it out of the hole without the entire thing collapsing in on him was a miracle in itself. At 3am in the morning, the cops had called Matt onto the site because someone had reported something dodgy going on. Needless to say, Bob, David, and Kevin were all up Shits Creek with a rusty teaspoon for a paddle. They couldn't leave until they'd sobered up, but they had been told that in no uncertain terms, they were to pack up and F off. This left Greg and I in a foobar situation. Luckily for Greg, he was able to join the group that Kevin had been a part of. I, on the other hand, was left hanging like the unwanted tampon string dangling out of a bikini. There were no other groups that could take me, and besides, something had to be done about my mess of a dig site. So I spent that entire day trying to document what Bob and David had done. And just to keep them out of my hair, I gave them my camera and told them to photograph every single piece of evidence they had dug up. This kept them occupied for most of the day because there were over 200 items that they'd unearthed in their drunken dig. I ended up filling the hole back in, wishing with every shovel full that Bob and David were still passed out drunk at the bottom of it, but such is life. Now, as I previously mentioned, the field school was linked to another class held during the second semester. This second class took all the data and evidence that you'd unearthed during your field school, and then you examined, tested, collated, and then submitted a report based on those findings as your final assessment piece. Considering that I only had one day's worth of actual data and evidence, I couldn't submit the field report as required, since this was a core class and I didn't want to have to retake it for a third year. I approached Matt to talk about how I could rectify this situation while still being able to pass and continue my studies. After some discussion, Matt agreed to allow me to do a field school critique on basically how to not do a dig. After developing the film, I noticed some interesting things. The candid photos that I took on that first day included shots of Bob and David not only behaving inappropriately, but also interfering with the equipment we were using and therefore possibly contaminating the data that we legitimately acquired. The photos also showed them being in areas where they weren't allowed to be, touching things that didn't belong to them, and also damaging ornaments left on some of the historic graves closest to the dig site. Then there were the photos after they had dug that hole. They had apparently decided that they would make all of their photographs unusable by writing inappropriate comments, curses, and slurs towards me on the title board. For example, they had dug up a large ceramic clay decoration and they'd written, Oh, I do love a day beside the seaside with a hairy clam. That was the only photo of the clam that had been taken, and Matt had also told me to use everything that I'd gathered to write my report. So, I used every single photo, including the ones that said that I was a grunt, and not in the friendly way that most Aussies use the term. And I also used the ones that alluded to wishing sexual violence on me. I submitted my report, knowing full well that the best that I could hope for was a pass, but that was enough to get me through my final year. The Fallout 
So it turns out that when Bob and David had been booted from the archaeological program, they had been allowed to continue on with their degree studying geology, but they were not allowed to have anything to do with archaeology, and they were on very thin ice. When I submitted my report, and Matt saw the extent of what they had done, which they had kindly documented themselves for the most part, and once he saw just how badly they had screwed me over, he went ballistic. Matt called a meeting with the deans, the geology department, and the archaeology department of both sister schools. He showed them my field report, told them about how he'd been teaching me for the past three years, and had it not been for my illness affecting me during my second year, I would have likely completed my degree at this point. He said, based on his knowledge of me in the previous classes, my work had been amazing. So the fact that he had to give my project a barely passing grade was a blow to my academic record that was wholly undeserved. The end result of this meeting was that Bob and David were not only expelled from the archaeological program, but they were also booted from the geology program as well. Furthermore, they were expelled and blacklisted from the university itself, which meant that they could never re-enroll. And any other university they applied to would be able to see this and the reasons why. Essentially, they were blocked from being able to obtain any university degree in that area. And if they wanted to enroll in a university for a different career, they would have to wade through oceans of bureaucratic red tape and jump through so many hoops that they'd make the Duracell bunny jealous. So I know that geology and mining is a big business in Australia because they have tons of natural resources. Also, because the country is so huge and so empty, employers have to fly geologists out to sites for extended periods of time. This often translates into greater salaries for the geologists because of the inconvenience. So, to give you some perspective, I looked up the salary of geologists in Australia, and they get paid anywhere from 76 k to $240,000 a year. So, if you combine the potential lost salaries of Bob, David, and Kevin, they're missing out on $750,000 a year. Talk about digging yourself into a hole. And, you know, maybe there are consequences to desecrating ancient burial grounds. If you want to do something that's literally the plot of a horror movie, then maybe you just shouldn't do it at all. That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, check out my Patreon where I publish extra episodes. Also, be sure to follow this podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.